This is a News Laundry podcast and you're listening to the awful and awesome entertainment rap. Hello, hello. Welcome to the awful and awesome entertainment rap. This is Abhinandan Sekri. And I'm Nenika. So Nenika, we have a long thing, uh, a list of stuff that... Uh, we had to watch yes. and uh, if rajesh is watching i'll have you know nenika before we started rolling she <laughs> says have you watched anything <laughs> really i'm sorry for assuming i'm sorry for you know bad faith assumption here first the precociousness of children these days is such <laughs> and she's come with We're notes going to talk about uh, children right in the article that comes up so yes in fact um Yeah, but I I'm glad uh, it was recommended. I think I have a few things to say about that. So what all is on the list today, Nenika? Yes. So today we're talking about RRR, which I also managed to finish finally and you watched for the first time now, right? As you, in it released the second time you watched it. No, I mean I watched half of it some other time and then I finished it now. Oh, okay. Um, no, th- I watched it now. Okay. Yeah. I watched Spider-Head. We watched Spider-Head. Yes, I, I watched it. Uh, we watched Under the Banner of Heaven. No, I didn't watch Under the Banner of Heaven. Okay. The <laughs> series. Watched, uh, yes, so many things, but the rule is too long form. We okay, put three okay. long form. Um well I also watched Under the Banner of Heaven. Okay, so, so uh, that's about that. Uh Beyoncé released her new single after a long hiatus. So but no video about, just audio No video is just the single and an article that appeared in the cut um called cancelled at 17 which has made news like yes it's it become has. It's this been talked about quite a bit yeah a pop culture thing and one more thing that i didn't put on the list but i i'd like to start off with this right um which is a sharukh it's a hindustan times piece written by abhimanyu mathur The title is Shah Rukh Khan is Bollywood's last superstar and social media saturated with stars will ensure that. I think it's a very compelling and interesting argument that's been put out or a thesis which it says that basically the days of superstars are over. Absolutely. And there was you know Dilip Kumar, Rajesh Khan, Amitabh Bachchan and Shah Rukh Khan. No one else will dominate the way they did. Yeah. Uh, and the reason is social media but the writer says the exception is the south where the superstars are still superstars and of that level mm. you know like when rrr apparently was launched at ramoji film city there was 100000 people landed up so it's an interesting thesis but the rest it doesn't make its point why so i just thought it's an interesting thought which deserves an article but this is not that article okay. what do you think cuz you will be a generation that didn't see any superstars and that is so unfortunate that is unfortunate i think i was talking to a friend about it some time ago that because the cyclic nature of internet it's the cycles have shortened so much you can't really have any monopoly on fame so you can be popular off of the internet you can be popular off of one particular social media website or you can be popular off of mm. movies uh, so which is why fame is very easy for everybody to attain which is why there's not a sense of um there's nothing that differentiates it anymore i don't think it's i don't consider it a bad thing or a good thing i just feel like it's something about the culture it's just one of those times that we're living in but yes it is true that you know um fame is so short lived now that you can't really have like enduring superstardom for any length of time so i think one of the ways to kind of explain this is that attention is a finite commodity absolutely okay it's yeah. a finite resource let's call it a resource or a commodity whatever it is and earlier that attention of whatever the 1.4 billion people in the country or 7 or 8 billion people in the world was to be shared by these 1000 or 500 or 100 people yep now that finite resource or commodity is shared by influencers big and small from 20000 followers to 20 million right and therefore that finite resource is not going to be directed towards that one person Absolutely. so therefore no more superstars is that yeah that is uh, but do you think um, it's somehow 
wrong that you know we can't have enduring stardom, stardom anymore do you think it's do you think it's symbolic of the fact that our attention spans are reducing and it's bad for us do you think it's bad for the culture overall, overall to not have one particular hero to look up to i just think it's a realization for those celebrities out there who thought <laughs> attention was love because as we know love need not be divided it gets multiplied so you need not just have this much love that you have to share between two people if there are two people the love becomes this much but attention is not love which yeah. now has finally we have proved that the superstar adulation is not love because love need not be divided attention is divided and that's what i have to I say about like that the popular cultural place that sharukh khan occupies i think a significant amount of it is about love it's not just the attention that he but math is on my side if it was about love you it would be multiplied not divided if it is divided but it is not is, love i mean he's been like the, he's been getting the dividends all these you, years you so i don't feel like can't challenge math sorry uh, wait where was the math <laughs> i just said so, so. that's based on a hypothesis <laughs> i am not very convinced by so <laughs> Let's start off with RRR yes. which uh, we both have watched Jab Scott sir apne parivar ke sath Adilabad aaye the to ek choti bachchi ko le aaye Wo darasal gondon ki bachchi hai Mujhe yahan chhod ke mat ja maa ki bahut yaad aati hai Chaand se bhi pyari tumhari dosti to hamesha hogi khushi khushi qurban ho jaunga ब्रिटिश गवर्नमेंट से बगावत करने के जुर्म में तुम्हें अरेस्ट करता हूँ इन तुच्छे राक्षसों को छोड़ महासुर का संगार करना है आ। सो आर 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 इज अ फिल्म दैट स्टार्स टू वन ऑफ देम आई नो इज एन टी आर सन राइट बे राजमौली एन टी रामा राव जूनियर इज नेम्ड आफ्टर इज फादर एंड राम चरण इट ऑल्सो अजय देवगन आलिया भट्ट एंड मेनी अदर पीपल So let me consult my notes because as you know I'm very diligent. <laughs> And I see you also got notes. So I have, yes. plus 10 for you. Yes. That's not in 1000 rupees. Oh, just sure. plus 10 <laughs> as in points. Yeah, XP. Goodness. Yeah. yeah, okay. So the disclaimer first of all I just want to read out the disclaimer of RRR okay. which I think is the biggest tragedy that uh, I mean this demonstrates for me what is so wrong with so much in popular culture. Uh, and i seem to have lost the screenshot is black <laughs> so so should i google it <laughs> please can you just uh, okay. figure out the screenshot so i'll come up with the rest of of what my observation of i will say that i was a little unkind to the film before watching it it was still quite insufferable intolerable whatever the word is but not as bad as i thought it would be these two guys ram charan and nt ramarao are clearly superstars they have that star quality have mm-hmm. you got the screenshot of the disclaimer yes. in Is the beginning the yeah so the beginning disclaimer says in spite of her relentless no 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 this is not no no uh, i i'll just I'll, i'll just i'll take it out so um let well, me take it out why don't you tell us a little bit about rrr uh, clearly i'm not very organized i'm not as organized as you okay uh, uh let's start with the premise of the movie it's about these two men and this uh, story roughly takes place under in while the british raj was still um present in india and these two men so one of them wants to simply get back uh, one person of his tribe that he's lost so he decides to move to the city and try to look for the for his niece or something that he's lost um during this time he befriends this man who's a police officer with he's indian but he's a police officer with the raj they develop this very strong intense friendship and then the story proceeds as how this person really wants to be able to get his niece back but he's unable to do so 
and uh, it's a very cinematically fueled very energetic very audacious as a movie uh, i don't want to give it too much of the plot away or should i because i presume everybody's seen it at this point uh, but no i will not say it yeah i mean you can give away spoilers but she's his youngest sister she, the little girl she's yeah, yeah, yeah she's sister. a sister i mean technically they're in the same tribe so she she's considers him yeah, an elder brother, brother i guess yeah so i found the the so the this thing. is it starts off with quote the story of this feature film has been set in the backdrop of pre independent india and is purely fictional the characters portrayed in this movie the geo- geographical areas uh, depicted the incidents shown costumes dances linguistic dialect and cultural attributes are fictional this film apart from showcasing the culture and geography of india doesn't imitate or imply any person whether living or dead doesn't indicate any race caste creed or tribe any resemblance whatsoever is purely coincidental the producer director of the or the technicians of the movie have no intention whatsoever hurting anyone's sentiment or disrespecting uh. any tradition or maligning the beliefs of any individual or group matlab <laughs> no individual no, nothing we don't want to piss off anyone we are so fucking scared of making a film of course the brits who are watching this should consider not getting offended because they are shown as the most evil pieces of shit ever to have walked any planet in the universe they are so horrible and evil that even the wife of the viceroy would have said skin him alive yeah. and all that yeah. but it is not supposed to disrespect or hurt anyone's sentiment individual or group it doesn't limit any person geographic area so that adilabad mm-hmm. is no area mm-hmm. the gon tribe is no tribe so basically if you are so fucking scared of fucking pissing anyone off don't fucking make a film because you have pissed me off i'm an individual by this really tatty disclaimer <laughs> so fucking 5 minus 10 so i'm uh, now i am very uh, uh what, what, you have felt disrespected because you've disrespected art by being such a fucking coward so now what i've been hurt tell me now literally the thing that i was going to say is what i liked about the movie was that it's audacious because it at least managed it manages, manages to take like some risk Um clearly not. No, I mean uh, of course politically they don't want to take any risk How but movie making wise. How the fuck do you start a film like this? It is a disgrace. What kind of I think world more, are we living in? Yeah, it's more a commentary on the kind of, you know, political climate we live yeah. in more than the fact that more than the movie itself. I saw this and I have this bad habit of reading every disclaimer that yeah, starts uh-huh. I thought. And I almost didn't want to watch the film. I said fuck it, this disclaimer has put me off. <laughs> anyway. So back to the film. Yes. Point number 1 I don't know if this disclaimer is typical but it indicates a big loss a profound loss of the irreverence and confidence that a creative process must have it's a profound loss alas <laughs> okay <laughs> my notes what are your notes let's see if it's as profound no 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 my notes are not as profound i was going to talk about how you know um I think we're living like at least movies are in this age where we are there's just studios are just green lighting like remakes or nobody is willing to take any risks. So I like the fact that this film had the audacity to be so bigger than life itself. Everything is sort of heightened, everything is sort of exploded in a way. Um everything means too much. Every all emotions are sort of heightened, all action sequences are too aggressive and too much and i feel like in a time when nobody takes any risks i feel like you know this is it's this required guts and mm. also like uh, the biggest hit of the year globally which is top gun maverick mm. sort of the same thing right like yeah. it manages to take risks movie wise even if political messaging of top gun maverick was also very not up to the mark and heavily criticized the point is uh, when it comes to movie making when it comes to the story in general it does manage to you know have this 
sense of grandiosity that uh, a lot of other movies are not having at that point. Maybe it's an indicator of how we're living in like slightly depressing times and all art that comes out of it is a little depressed. But RRR at least manages to have some heart, which I... Yeah, I mean, I thought uh, a bunch of things were right with it in the sense that it got structure and the reveals were perfect. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, the reveals of the backstory of Ram. Yeah. The reveals happen at the right the time. The right so interval. Clearly, the person who wrote the screenplay was good mm-hmm. at the craft of mm-hmm. of creating you know, a suspenseful story. And then, and yeah, and yeah. then revealing why this happens, and then and revealing why yeah. that happens. Yeah. So, I thought that was really well good. Well done. Yeah. I thought um, the stunts were bizarre, but I but guess that's that's a genre. The bizarre, film was, but well directed. So. Yeah. The thing is, like, so these guys are like Captain America and uh, <laughs> Hulk rolled into one, except that they're human. So I'm not saying the Hulk is possible, but it's plausible. Yeah. Uh, you know, Robocop isn't possible, but it's plausible. Uh, a universe like Interstellar is possible and plausible. Mm-hmm. Here, nothing is plausible. Yeah. Or possible, they don't give a fuck. <laughs> they said this guy can fight a tiger that normally an average tiger weighs between 200 and 250 kilos. A tiger's body is entirely muscle, uh, unless it's a Siberian tiger, which is hibernating before winter Uh, one slap of a tiger can snap an ox's neck so human being is really piddly shit but our guy can take on a tiger just so and not only can he take on a tiger he can like throw like mobikes like they are dinky cars so it is (laughs) like fuck everything well, in the disclaimer itself, they asked you to suspend belief. So you have to do that when you walk into the movie. Uh, but then the disclaimer is false because Lala Rajpatra was a real person. Yes. He's referenced. Adilabad is a real place. Yes. So I I really don't know what the fuck they were up to. So they were Terminator. So he's like the Terminator, both the heroes. <laughs> so then um, certain bits that were, I thought, directed in the final uh, climax sequence fight, when he becomes Ram, which was very cringe, uh, and I'll come to that, the quiver in one shot is empty, mm-hmm. and then the next shot is full again. I mean, well, continuity has always been a problem with movies. So. Yeah, but this is too much. So he picks up, so he goes to a temple where there's a Ram statue, and a Ram statue has a bow and arrow, and uh, that is enough to take on an entire like brigade of the British Army. It doesn't finish. And uh, it's also the the aerodynamics of the arrows are perfect. <laughs> If you have tried to shoot an arrow, even it's slightly off, it will not go straight. But this arrow that is purely for purposes of... Decoration. Decoration is a lethal killers. <laughs> so, uh, and uh, in the end, I just thought that the Ram Sita thing was really pandering to a particular kind of politics yeah, the country absolutely. is right now. There was like the hero is Sri Ram and because he recovers faster than Captain America or X-Men, Wolverine recover. There would, it was too cringe. I, I get a little embarrassed when I see films like this because I know uh, people who are not Indian are also watching it. Oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I, I was em- going to talk about that. <laughs> I get embarrassed for us. I'm like, this is just Rajamoli. All of us Are know. not like this. <laughs> so, I mean, just the cringe element. So, I think Rajamoli is the Yash, uh, the Karan Johar of the South. I mean, there's such major cringe in his films and especially this one. But it was made to be a hit and he does that well. So, that's that. Well, yeah, it was clearly manufactured to hit a certain sweet spot and it did so. But yeah, I was going to talk about like the movie did well in the Indian market. And then when it went to streaming platforms, it found a significant amount of Western audience. I see this because I've come across so many tweets from people who are just like, uh, oh, I managed to catch RRR and uh, you will not believe it and you need to have your eyes on Indian cinema. 
um, wow. which uh, what they really liked about the movie was, you know, again that how audacious it is, the um, the all the action sequences, and also another thing that the Western audience pointed out was the homoeroticism of the friendship between oh, yeah, the two men. Oh yeah, they are men. so. Uh, oh, they're great dancers, by the way. They are great dancers. Both of yes. them are great dancers. They have great persona. They have great. They're star manufactured persona. to be the men that everybody wants to aspire to be. You know, they're strong without any. Uh, like they're strong and they're never going to die essentially they have this spirit that is you can never extinguish so and both doing... major superstars huh? yeah they're both major superstars and they're also both presented as protagonists that you aspire to be you know like an idea of like a mm. superman or something uh, and yeah so they were like you know everybody at the western audience was talking about the homoeroticism of the friendship between these two which i felt was okay i mean i get it yeah I, but i just think that this film uh just the treatment of everything mm. from the relationships to you know the aesthetic is so 70s and 80s it is it is it I'm is i'm like a, i mean he's not exactly old rajamouli must be in his 30s or 40s or whatever 40s i presume so, yeah. i mean for him to make a film like that in 2022 he does he's not embarrassed i'm so i mean that was the point right when the western like all these white people on twitter are talking about how much they love the movie they're talking about how they love the dance sequences and all of that which is very i mean you can almost feel it that sense of like over enjoying it because it's reminiscent of like the old indian bollywood that we used to laugh at at some point yeah, but yeah. now it's i just think it's quaint it's like it's like we used to enjoy the you know the 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 dubbed uh, the low budget kung fu film yeah. when we were yeah, young yeah, exactly. they were just so bad that they were good so, I mean, exactly so there's this concept of like ironically enjoying something where ironically watched it or ironically liked it which is essentially like something is so bad it's good or i like something even if it is not re- uh, a representation of my tastes or like my general mode of critique like yeah patronizing oh, in a way oh my god how i don't know so would you like anything do, are you kind of person who likes things ironically what do you what is your take on liking things ironically no, i have to like it like it otherwise i'm yeah. not interested fair yeah <laughs> so on that note let's uh, read a couple of emails yes this one is from rohit rohit says please talk about the brahmastra trailer everyone is going gaga about the trailer and the vfx which is visual effects i thought the vfx were cool for 2001 i can sense this joke will flop and the subsequent parts of this will be reserved for ott premiere Really, what were the makers thinking? I really hope Nikko and Rajshree see this trailer and talk about it because I feel I'm the only one who dislikes this trailer. Fun trivia: Ice in my fridge is hotter than this joke of a trailer. Much love to the two and Nenka and Abbas. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you, Rohit. I saw the trailer and I agree with you. I was shocked that this is a, again 2022 film. From the plot to the special effects to this, what's uh, the film is called? Uh, Brahmastra. Not Brahmastra. Oh. It's called. Um, It's called Brahmastra. Yeah. I thought it's called his name. Then I haven't seen Brahmastra trailer. The, the pr- Shamshera is the Shamshera. Yeah, not Shamshera. Brahmastra. Okay, sorry. I uh, sorry, wrong number. <laughs> we'll discuss it later then. Uh you want to go over the rest of the emails? Yeah, second letter from Rohit. Sure. Yeah, okay. Over the years I have stopped consuming TV shows and movies and moved to podcasts. The reason might be that podcasts allow me to multitask. Now I pass off Awful and Awesome's review as my own when friends ask me what I've been watching lately or what did I think of any new movie or show. So thanks for that. I found Ricky Gervais's new stand-up special Supernature a little less funny than his previous ones. I did not lmau laugh like my ass his... off. You don't know what that sounds like. <laughs> I know what it sounds <laughs> like his previous specials. I would love to know your thoughts. Last week's song recommendation Nasha was amazing. Wasn't it? P.S. Rajeshree's laugh sounds like a Diwali rocket. I'm a fan. Like a Diwali we'll, rocket. Yeah, we'll let her know. <laughs> oh, Chudel. Chudel feels. Oh my God. <laughs> It's got the Chudel feels going. Rohit, 
Mm, we got a ear for music and Diwali rockets. So um, I haven't seen Supernature, but I will check it out. Have you? I did try to sit through the first twenty minutes of it, and it just felt like I mean okay, I couldn't watch it. Thing. It was uh, it like the attempt almost felt pathetic in a way, and not I'm not speaking because I'm like woke or any. I'm not speaking from just like a woke lens, but it just felt like you know somebody trying to reach and find cultural relevance when they don't have it anymore. Um, so yeah, that was a little difficult to digest. That's all. I noticed your nail varnish is different colors on different fingers. Yes. <laughs> Why? I like it that way. I, I'm a huge fan of color. So. So I think this non-symmetry is your generation thing. Even my niece, like I, socks discipline, I thought was a given. Well, it's yeah, it's like, different to have. It's fun to have different socks. No, not different. <laughs> you buy socks in pairs and you wear them in those same pairs. <laughs> You don't wear the grey one with the blue one. So, when this socks discipline went completely out of the window, I was like, because I like my socks paired and put, and suddenly because they start stealing my socks as well. <laughs> What's with this non-symmetry? Is that a thing? Is that the new thing? Well, it's trying to be maximalist, I presume. Uh... <laughs> so your other hand is also different colors. No, that because so that's I no colors only. No colors. Also, more variety. Even. <laughs> then Ruhi says, "Hey, SNS." If this episode isn't pure gold, then I don't know what is. All those things <laughs> will be used appropriately henceforth, as and when called for. Ruhi, you will not indulge in all those things. <laughs> It is not right. Let me know if you guys are coming for trademark, going for trademarking it. I just couldn't concentrate on my work, which I usually do when listening to you. I had to take these pee breaks throughout <laughs> for laughing so hard. This is one episode I will share with anyone who wants to know what you guys are about. Starting from that describing Nityanand vis-a-vis his schooling to profit loss, <laughs> to Varun Dhawan makes Akshay look classy. <laughs> But the one thing I disagree with Sekri Sab finally is the ad father daughter premise surprised me. Okay, hot women are generally portrayed as gold diggers in this short format content like ads, but they didn't go that way. Good for them. I would choose the father daughter dynamic duo. Interesting, Ruhi. I hadn't even thought of it. I guess you see, this is how. No matter how much you think you can you know think like a woman, yeah. you never can. You never can because probably subliminally that was the stereotype I was going for. Do you think the opposite also applies? Can women think like men? No, I don't think anyone can think like. It's a lived experience. We'll save the rest of the emails for later. Now you tell us about Spiderhead and yes. why was it recommended? Was it your idea, Jude's? Be Jude's. honest. Jude's because it released. You're blaming so... Jude because he's not here. No, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> Okay, so I he take... he recommended this shit to our yes, like shit fest. Uh, well, yeah. You liked it? No, I didn't. <laughs> okay, so he suggested this, and do you know why? It was directed on a very huge budget, so it was made on a very. It's a very expensive film. Are you serious? Uh, no, it's really expensive apparently, and then there was no, uh, you know, promotion of it, and it went direct to streaming and everything, which people found a little odd. I'm But not yeah, surprised. No, no one will sit in cinema to watch this. By the way, it's got an amazing cast. It does. But just one thing, I think uh, we need to keep Jude away from Rajshree. Why? <laughs> so he recommended this because it's just been released. That was the reason. Yes. So he wasted fucking two hours, <laughs> four man hours, uh, woman man hours. Sorry, you, you, person you, hours. Wait, you watch it like at like one x. I mean, I don't know. I may have sped up, but I, I can't do that. What your generation does? Okay. Watch something at five x or listen to it at three x. <laughs> Three X would be too fast. Well, at one point five, because I needed to get through it to talk about it. So I was like, I'm going to finish it one way or the other. That's Spiderhead. We're proud of our work in science. We have to explore the unknown. 
This place can really mess with your head. Drip on? Acknowledge. Drip on? Acknowledge. Acknowledge. Yeah, acknowledge. Let's do this. So it's a 107-minute film directed by <laughs> Joseph Kosinski. The same guy who directed Top Gun Maverick. Oh, really? Yes. Joseph, what, what, what's wrong? Joseph, <laughs> I'm doing an Italian thing. That's not, a, that's not an Italian name. It's not Triviani. Uh, it's based on Escape from Spiderhead. I'm assuming that's a book. Yes. It, no, no, no. It's a short story. It was by okay. George Saunders and it appeared in the New Yorker. Short story. It should have been a fucking half an hour film. Yeah, that's the thing. And it has two extremely good-looking men. Um, the guy who's in Top Gun. What's yes, his name? Miles Teller. Miles Teller. And it has Thor. Chris Hemsworth, yes. Who Chris is Hemsworth. very beautiful, actually. Yeah, they're both very good looking. You don't like the other guy? It Miles Teller? No. Not a huge fan. I th- yeah, I think they're both really good looking men. I like Miles Teller back when, I think this is around 23rd. I was at, like I was just about to finish school and uh, he was in this movie called The Spectacular Now, which was based on a book and it was a young adult novel. Of sorts, and he plays the character of this young adult. Means had all those things. What is all those things? You know, you didn't hear that podcast where we discussed all those things. No, I did not. <laughs> I did not know about all those. So things. basically, there's um, uh, we reviewed this docu series, mini series about Nityanand. Okay. Yeah. So one of the channel's editors that had aired Nityanand's CD doing all those things <laughs> with a woman. Saying that Indians are okay, but a godman doing all those things is not okay. <laughs> so ever since, all those things is adult things. Okay, no, no, he was an alcoholic. He wasn't doing adult things. That was his whole deal in the book. So yeah, I like that one. I thought that he was very good in that. And then ever since then, he's tried to like, achieve more mainstream success, more mainstream right. fame, which is good for him. Uh, but yeah, he was in this movie, which I found very difficult and very laborious to have to get through. But I did get through it because I'm very dedicated. <laughs> All right. So Spiderhead is basically, the genre is the um, psychological, sci-fi, dystopian world where they're trying to do stuff like severance. Yeah, biotechnology stuff where essentially they figured out, you know, chemicals, hormones essentially yeah. that can affect your... And that human can make experiments. How do you do it? Like, you know, and this is actually my favorite genre I've realized. Oh, me too. So it's, you know, that uh, the platform where the food is put on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, th- that film is the same space. Mm-hmm. Severance is the same mm-hmm. space. Have you read the short story Flowers for Algernon? No. Oh, you'd love it. Okay. So this is my favorite genre. Okay. But this was a shit I, Exactly, film. same. I love this genre, but an absolutely disappointing, dismal film. And it's a shame because so much money was sunk into it. It's very good looking as a movie. Like, I think the, all the money was sunk in the set design and the beautiful yeah. locations. It was shot somewhere in Australia, I think, hmm. which is a beautiful place. But uh, yeah, absolutely detestable movie to have to... The reveals have to be quicker. For, for 30 minutes, nothing happens. We get to know that there are these bunch of people who are convicts who are being experimented on with consent for the greater good of some biotech company. That's all we know for 30 minutes. And it doesn't move forward. So we're like, there's no, it gets boring. We're like, fucking get to the program. It's not all tight. Yeah. Everyone is very hot. Yes, everybody was very beautiful in this movie. I think that's where the money went, hiring um, as Hotties. many beautiful it's, people it's, as Rajiv possible. love it because she's shallow. Uh, no, I, pretty I'm also it. shallow. <laughs> oh, you're also shallow. Oh my God. All shallow people. So I, I'm the only one who's providing any depth uh, to this otherwise well, shallow show. Clearly. So they're riding on the genre without adding anything interesting. Yeah, I mean, it borrowed a little bit from the... But the emotional reveal... So, like, with movies, were like, speci- especially, like, all sci-fi movies, there's this heightened point where, you know, um, 
the humanity of the subject clashes with whatever inhumane experiment that they're going through. Mm. And they realize that, you know, what's happening to me is not nice or I'm being put through something that is very exploitative. And But here, like, it left me feeling nothing. Like that point where he's injecting one of the patients with this hormone that makes them very agitated. It makes them very anxious and depressed. Uh, so he's... You know, somebody in front of him is being injected with it. And obviously it causes him some pain because he doesn't want the subject to be injected with it. But it's supposed to be, you know, this emotional reveal. It's supposed to like ignite something in you. And it was just so, it left me so cold, which is not how it should be. Which is a mark of like, either the story writing wasn't tight enough or like you didn't rope in your audience well enough. Also, it wasn't brave enough. Like, Correct, it wasn't brave enough. When they are falling in love with each other. And they don't know what they're in for. Spoilers coming out. Fuck, that was a shit film. So it doesn't matter the spoilers. <laughs> so when she says that I was in prison, so he loves her. She's a wonderful girl. You know, she seems very sweet. He's in for involuntary manslaughter. He rammed a car where he killed, I think, his brother and, and his, his girlfriend. girlfriend. Yes, drunk driving. So. so that's what he's serving time for. So he has a huge guilt because he saw them, one of them burn in front of him in the car. He couldn't get them out. So that has traumatized him. The other girl who he's falling in love with is also in prison and she's very ashamed for what she's there for and she says, oh, don't tell him or he'll hate me. She's there because she was uh, uh, incarcerated for, again, involuntary manslaughter of her baby. She left her baby in the car while she was working and the child died of dehydration. Mm. But I would have sympathy for that person that a single working mother has no option I'll but to leave the something. baby in the car. So I think it would have been brave had they said that I threw my baby off the balcony in a drunken stupor. It wasn't brave enough. Then I would say, oh, fuck, but I still love you. Okay, I'm going on for a tangent here, but some time ago I read this article. That's okay, she does that all the time. Sorry. Um, Don't apologize. (laughs) There's this article I read, which was essentially about this, you know, the deaths of babies that is caused by... So America has a significant number of these cases where they leave a child in the car, the car gets too hot, and babies' bodies are not very good at regulating temperature, so they Mm. eventually end up um, dying. So... In uh, So this article covered like some three, four particular parents and, you know, what was the aftermath of their life after this thing happened to them. And every single case where a parent is accused of manslaughter because their child died under their care, they never, if they go to court, they never ask for their punishment to be removed. They always ask to be sent to prison because the guilt on the parent weighs so, so heavy yeah. that they would they don't even try to appeal that, you know, don't send yeah. me to prison or don't have it on my record. They want it to be because they're, they hate themselves more than anybody right. else could hate them. So, um, and another thing, like, you know, a lot of people have come up with technology which could eventually, like, warn parents that, hey, there is still some heavy presence on your car seat. Mm. Go check if it's your baby or not. But no company would buy that particular technology because they're like, if it fails someday and a child dies, Literally, even despite yeah. using this, the liability laws in America yeah. would bankrupt them. So, which makes it a very difficult problem. To so, yeah, of. I just wasn't brave enough. They should have made her do something really horrible. And then if he loves her in spite of that, then that's true love. Otherwise, it's just attention, which can go to another social media influencer and then <laughs> she won't be the superstar of his life. <laughs> You see, because your lover should be the superstar of your life. You're my Shah Rukh Khan. You're my Tom Cruise. You're my Deepika Padukone. It shouldn't be, you're my, <laughs> you know, Miss Malini Twitter okay. influencer. That, that, that's not love. That's, that's A just... lot of people have parasocial relationship with people they follow What's on Twitter. What's parasocial? When you are socializing in 
If you yeah, can imagine it, 20, it be done. Twenty, 30 years from now, I feel like this would be a genuine problem socially. Like, you know how everybody is worried about artificial general intelligence when mm. like computers are going to get too smart. I feel like the thing that everybody needs to worry about after AGI is this, you know, people biomodifying themselves. Moods and all. In fact, right at the end, that voiceover, which tries very hard to be profound, but ends up being so lame. Yep. So in the end, it works. Uh, there's this voiceover that, but can you really... So the whole pursuit of this bio... tech companies to find an injectable uh, you know enzyme or hormone or whatever it is it's to influence your behavior that will make you obey and that they're doing through you know finding enzyme that make you happy that make you horny that make you fall in love etc etc and then in the end there's a voice over but the one thing that we need is something that can forgive ourselves where we can remove the pa- some tatty type voice over <laughs> trying to sound profound not fucking doing it i'm like shut up so all in all waste of time uh okay one <laughs> I mean just this something that I was looking at after this um, I watched this movie is um, so there's this one biotech company I will not take any names in case some libel happens mm. uh but you know hemo hemophilia so it's a disease where if certain people are born with it's a genetic condition you're born with it you start losing blood uh, if you injure yourself and you can't stop bleeding because you your don't body clot, does basically. yeah you don't form clots so there was a lot of hemophilia patients and then this one particular biotech company not taking any names they decided to you know inject their patients with some sort of like clotting medicine but what they didn't realize so there's some blood transfusion needed to happen for that what they didn't realize was the significant amount of the blood that they were giving to their you know trial patients was hiv positive and they continued to give it even after they found out that Why? the blood was infected because they wanted the drug trial to continue because it would have been a very priceless drug in the market if they managed to counter hemophilia uh but they continued to do it they gave a lot of people hiv because of it and i tried so i had read about this somewhere like a few years ago i googled it i read this story in depth and then i was trying to check it again because after this i watched this movie and i realized google seos have completely wrecked the search because i went like i tried to do many keywords and then th- the result would just not come eventually how i found out the result was like whatever my query query was i put reddit at the end of it and the first result on reddit was exactly what the case that, that i was talking about yeah what i was talking so about so maybe companies have started scrubbing their absolutely, online reputation absolutely absolutely they are that's what they're doing so so uh, before we finish the video aspect of this i have a very important announcement this is regarding our subscriber meetup and Often or often, going behind the paywall. So, uh, the subscriber meetup is next to next week, if I'm not wrong. Yes, tenth. So, Rajshri is going to be there. Nayanika is going to be there. I'm going to be there. Abbas is in Bombay, so he won't be there. But Abbas will be there in first. spirit. He'll be there in spirit. Correct. So, uh, first about the subscriber meetup, live recording. Often and awesome. Six p.m. Sunday, July ten. Tea and snacks followed by often and awesome recording. Seminar hall, Kamla Devi Complex, IIC Delhi, near Khan Market. Meetup because meetup in Delhi is long due. especially since we now have had sessions in london and australia limited seats to attend right to subscription at newslaundry.com i repeat subscription at newslaundry.com uh, in the subject line write ana live if you bring a plus one do include that in the mail because we have limited seats now importantly offer and awesome is going behind the paywall next week onwards all new episodes of offer and awesome will be behind the paywall 
Last week he said this, but we want to give everyone an extra week. Why? Because you guys need to download the app. Because listening to the podcast through the app is a more clutter-free experience. Although in the beginning it was a little buggy. We've removed the bugs. So iOS and Android downloads right now put together are somewhere about 5K. Anything from 6 to 10, sometimes 12,000 people listen to this podcast. So once it's behind the paywall, you want to access it. So we should get to that level of those numbers of downloads. Uh, so like I said, week after next, it will go behind the paywall. Please download the app on iOS or Android. Download the News Laundry app so that you can listen to this podcast through our app because it's much easier to breach the paywall and you have to subscribe. Uh, and it has instructions of how to download the app. You can click on the show notes downstairs below this. Uh, you can go to any of the Play Store or App Store and download it directly. If you have any issues or bugs, you can email us subscription at newsroom.com, right? Those are very important announcements that I have made. Uh, that is all for the video recording. The rest is going to be audio only where you can listen to Nanika's much more mature and oh ladylike gosh. voice where she gives us. <laughs> and my youthful <laughs> and full of childish innocence failed voice, right? Yes, it's very okay. uh, ladylike because every time like an Uber driver or like a delivery person calls me, they're always like, Namaste, sir. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> it sounds very masculine. So now I have this habit of any time like a number that I don't know calls. So I have to like raise my voice a few octaves to sound like so they don't say hello, sir, to me. <laughs> Dear God, oh my God. That's sad. Maybe they're a little hard of hearing. but. <laughs> so now we shall talk about Cancelled at 17 in New York, which I have so much to say on. Like what? The f was this your suggestion, Jude? Just tell me honestly. It was. It was my suggestion. Oh, okay, <laughs> it, it was. I'm sure it was an experiment. She wanted to see how I'd react to it. I mean, it was. No, it was talked about so much. So I thought, you know, it should be here. So this is a 8,000 word piece that Jesus. appeared in the cut. Mm. It's called uh, what the New York Magazine, whatever magazine. The, the cut. cut. Huh? Okay. But New Yorkers. It's lips, called. Uh, Teenage Justice Lul what is it called? It's called Cancel at Seventeen. Cancel at Seventeen, yeah. Okay. So uh I also read a review on it, mm -hmm. a Guardian, and I agree with Arwa Mahadawi. Okay, I haven't read this one. To a great extent. Oh, what she said is the moral of the tale of one boy facing consequences for sharing nude nudes without consent isn't that Me Too has gone too far. It's that it hasn't gone far enough. Although she's taken into a different direction, Tangent, which I don't yeah. completely disagree with, but I see where she's coming from. But the basic 8,000 words of unnecessary writing is that this one boy, who they have called Diego in this, who's 17, yes. shared nudes of his girlfriend yes. uh, without consent. And for that, he was obviously ostracized. Socially ostracized, ostracized yeah. And uh, how he was depressed and how it kind of tries to share, his, you know, show him in a sympathetic light. That's what this fucking 8,000 words was. And this article clearly went viral because everyone's commenting and reviewing it and it has also made it to the otherwise very selective awful and awesome where we only choose very High cool quality stuff journalism. or shit that has been uh, recommended by Jude or Rajshree and Jude is learning all the bad things No but Rajshree. this shit was recommended by me So you clearly also <laughs> learned too much from Jude and Rajshree So uh, yes so you want to first know what I thought of it Yes I have lots of articles uh, points on this opinions notes yes point one what a dumb article <laughs> i agree with the guardian piece that it's unbelievable it got eight thousand words two it's a clickbait piece written to generate controversy it should have been a moronic tweet of 240 characters it's not an article it could be an article 
it could be an article in 6 or 10 or 20 years once we see what became of diego that could be a piece but two weeks or two months after he has been quote unquote cancelled it is not called cancelled this is called facing consequences of what you did and even if you wanted to f- show him as a human write the fucking article when he's 37 so 20 years ago diego who did this and maybe 20 years from now that one mistake has cost him so much he ends up as a drunk on the street having faced 15 years in prison hating girls becoming an incel or whatever or he learned from that became a women's rights activist he's an attorney he only tries cases of uh, boys who have wrong girls or he is a successful man and he looks back at this mistake he, he made that he did, yeah. but fucking he is whining about this and you've written an article fucking you have nothing to do whoever wrote this piece like you're that villa in my school time people got a lot worse f- for doing nothing wrong i mean in the 80s being gay in an all boys school you got fucking thrown out of school and for what misusing school property because oh no school couldn't acknowledge that we had homos in our school so we cannot say expelled for homosexuality expelled for misusing school property because at night you misused the the shed that is supposed to be the carpentry workshop and you did things there that are unmentionable so you misused school property so you're being thrown out for misusing school property now that guy 20 years from now is a story even though he faced consequences something he didn't do wrong fucking you bloody you know peek through a woman's loop you should get your ass kicked you should be thrown out of school now if that depresses you fucking depresses you what this is you know this article demonstrates my problem with gen z they think this is something to be sympathetic about because the guy's got mental health issues he's feeling bad and depressed because he got fucking punished fucking you should have got kicked on his ass man in the 80s you got beaten up and that would be fine so fuck that's what i think of the stupid piece uh the last two points are this is typical of when something gets some oxygen in popular discourse the most bizarre interpretation of that argu- arguments find their way into conversations and that is what cancelled at 17 in new york is this is not being cancelled this is facing consequence of something you did and i think uh, the asshole has got away very cheap that's my point of view now i want to know yours nanaka that that's my rant <laughs> yeah that was very clearly a rant uh, but i'm glad you got it off your chest i yes. feel better now <laughs> because you know how much time i wasted this week <laughs> when we watched that dirty film It's you should have 1.5 exit i can't 1.5 exit shit article and i must admit i jumped many paragraphs because i was like why the fuck am i reading this anyway that's that Mm. uh yes i mean my thoughts along a similar tune it was a terrible article i mean even just writing aspect of it was just so bad having to sit through it was ha huh, it's not even like it was beautifully yeah, written it was so terribly written it almost felt like a puff piece written for this one particular boy diego um and it was so difficult to have to sit through it and so how do you discover it it was it was being talked about so much on and uh, so there are people actually who are sympathetic to this guy no everybody who was talking about it was obviously pointing out how stupid of an article it is so maybe that was the purpose of the article no i no i think the purpose of this article i mean even the way that you notice how it's written it's supposed to like invoke fear in your heart where they constantly mention how there's such a huge mental health crisis all across american schools and it points at how you know the gen z behavior is so um that they're not it's very disapproving of whatever gen z of behavior is about you know political correctness about woke culture about how people follow this herd mentality i'm like if you've ever gone to school this is completely normal people have been ostracized like socially ostracized yeah, for, for way, did nothing for, exactly, wrong for nothing wrong Now that is injustice and the point is exactly social ostracization has been a tool since forever people were sent away what what is what is the vanvas called in english 
uh, exiled yeah exactly people have been exiled like social ostracization has always been a tool of consequence always been a tool of punishment now people are stressing because you know it's being used against a demographic that they're not probably used um no it has al- always been used i think it's being used uh, on a demographic that thinks anxiety get- is a condition it is a condition to be treated uh they don't understand anxiety is like to be overcome dandruff it comes in life and it goes you, you don't really have to fucking or you know dry skin during winter you don't go through life being completely confident in control feeling satisfied with life all the time there are times when you say fuck i am so fucked tomorrow i am going to get killed there were times when my knees used to shake when you did something wrong and you sent up to the headmaster I didn't go home and say, "Oh, I'm feeling anxiety. Oh my god!" Or fucking, I had to bloody, you know, hit a deadline, <laughs> which was impossible to hit. So you work fucking forty hours through the night. I didn't go to my boss and say, "I'm feeling anxiety. I'm going home. I I can't do this." Then I fucking quit my job. Life gives you anxiety, and if you do something like what Diego did, life should give you anxiety, and if you kicks also. You should be lucky you didn't Absolute. get kicks. You exactly. only got anxiety. I mean, so which is why I think a lot of people pointed out that it's not like his college application was revoked. He still managed to go to college. He managed to move. He managed to make friends. I mean, socially. I mean, considering everything, even if the article tries to do this fear mongering aspect of it, he didn't face too much. And I read this article with genuinely like you know an open mind. I tried to be very not you know be predisposed to what I had read. But even then, it was just too much fear mongering here. And yeah, I mean, I also another thing that I feel like so um, might as well waste like half an hour of Anandan's time since I already killed two hours of his weekend. Yes, I apologize for that. I, but but but, but, but another it's thing a, I wanted to say: conspiracy. This is a conspiracy against wasting you. Wasting my week. Uh, but then, what do I plan to achieve through it? Just you guys are sadists, all of you. Uh, so you Jude, think you the world Rajshree. is stacked against you? Yeah, I'm Diego. Do you think that's a form of anxiety? <laughs> <laughs> That's a form of anxiety you're experiencing. Uh, you know, the whole world is stacked against you. No, I get it. I get it. But you're also just the fact that you know why are grown-ups getting into teenagers' business? When we were teenagers, we were just left to our own devices. You die in a ditch. You get anxiety. You get your ass kicked. You're fine. You ultimately, you know, you. You were a teenager and... till quite recently. Yes. So you're making it sound like you were a teenager long ago. Yeah, but I was a teenager and it was a wild ride. But it's not like anybody, you know. I mean, no grown-ups were meddling in my business. Imagine like you and your friends getting up to some. Something stupid, and then some weird grown-up is, you know, some weird adult is writing about it in the cut. I, I just it sounds bizarre, mm. which is yeah, grown-ups, and also I feel like it's emblematic of you know, like a lot of, I mean, okay, Me Too happened, and then obviously you know, like uh, happened, and a lot of kids also obviously got the language to talk about, got the language or got the experience of having to talk about what it means to live um, through assault or what it means to experience assault. Uh, but the point is, they're looking up to adults that I feel like are a little hopeless in general, which is why that general hopelessness is catching on to you know the younger generation as well. I think as adults, rather than meddling in this business or you know creating too much of a brouhaha about it, you should just be like you know try to deal about it in a pragmatic manner. So the ones younger than you can look up to you that way. I have people younger than me in my life who. you know rely on me in some sort of support in one way or the other and the last thing i would want them to catch from me is like my anxiety or my hopelessness or my you know reactionary sentiments i mean i just think that expectations from life are unrealistic i mean I, maybe it's because of social media maybe we'll know 30 years from now when someone's done a post doctoral research thesis on this but i think what one expected from life is very different from what people expect from life now so that that disconnect is what is leading to what we consider 
anxiety as is as opposed to a normal nervousness that life you sometimes have to deal with now we have a couple of more emails this one is from k hi liked your review of miss marvel i'm enjoying the show and seeing a young south asian superhero i was quite unaware of this comic character good not to see the usual ethnic caricature amazing to see srk ddlj and bazigar being discussed on a mainstream show also good to see issues like practice of islam and the partition disputing in a manner in a matter of fact hope the show continues and does well agree uh, with abbas hustle was very disappointing if you want to see an outstanding series on nba basketball watch winning time on disney hotstar what's he talking about hustle was a movie that we reviewed no no not hustle i get that the other stuff miss marvel ddlj bazigar being discussed also oh, miss marvel is this you know it's based on this young girl who is south of south asian descent so she has obviously she has stays for bollywood because culturally mm-hmm. that's where she belongs uh, abbas would love this email and um, it's terrible that you did not like hustle it's a great movie <laughs> all right then this email is from anand he has written hi avinandan and jayshree rajshree molshree shrishree i have been binge listening and absolutely love it i especially enjoy rajshree's fact light approach and the fact that avinandan has confidently appeared in 200 plus episodes of a show <laughs> despite having seen only 10% of the content being reviewed best case anand yaar happening more than 10% i think uh 15 okay 15 jokes about this great content keep going thanks ps you could raise more funds by selling byju's course on answering question papers then you forgotten the answers when you forgotten answers that is rachi or vivas where you haven't bothered to read the textbook abhinandan anand you will be surprised or maybe unsurprised to know that i was a king of filling up sheets even when i had no idea what the question was and kind of scrounging and some did marks. you do academically well <laughs> Well, I in the exams I used to do okay. I wasn't like topping, but I was enough to you know get, get an eighty, eighty-five. Yeah. And that, my time that was enough. I yeah. mean, you didn't have to. No, but I was never a top. If that's what you're asking. But through the year, all my teachers thought I'd fail. But somehow during the exam, I'd crack it. Yeah, I mean. So yeah, I was one of those. Evading, you know, exceeding expectations. Yeah, because I made sure expectations very low. Oh yeah, that's actually yeah, that's also something I do. So those are the emails. So now tell us about this song, which sounds like. You won't break my Beyonce's "Break My Soul," uh, I was told, Nenaka is supposed to be a retro sound, eighties sound. Yes, it's house music. It sounds nothing like eighties. I'm sorry. But house, I mean, house started in the seventies, right? House, house music. <laughs> That's not my house music. In my house, the music is very different. A uh, house music. <laughs> House music is this type of music. It's sort of like electronic dance, but you have this standard four by four beat. and um, it was started by chicago dj's in the 1970s so they were dj's in the 1970s yes they were trying to move away from disco which was sort of you know um, not hot anymore and so they were trying to experiment with more mechanical beats and music that could be easily produced at home without needing a recording studio that's so that's how, house music yeah that's how house music came to be nice. and uh, beyonce's last album lemonade was very you know emotional and it was very lyrical and it focused on songwriting and story building whereas i suppose this album is going to be more fun and dance and which is what break my soul the first single from the album is supposed to get at Okay, so I didn't like it at all. What? I thought it was very average. I thought her song, uh, "Beautiful Stranger," "Beautiful Lie," whatever that is, where she and Shakira are dancing. Yeah, that is, is excellent. An yeah. amazing song. It's a great dance song. 
this was a bit underwhelming just like it it gave me the feels of when michael jackson after a lot of expectation and pomp and show came up with they don't really care about us. all i want to say is that they don't really care about it was a very self indulgent oh the world is against me and oh i'm so nice and oh all you fuckers are trying to fuck my life and oh and i've come <laughs> up with a shit song to kind of show i'm so nice and you are all horrible oh break this my soul. was giving me those feels <laughs> that oh you're trying to break my soul but i'm strong or do chill but the lyrics aspect of it wasn't supposed to be yeah but i just I'm, got those feels so i don't care about the sound i enjoyed the music i am fond of house music i think i'm fond of music or sounds that sound hectic in general so i thought i didn't like not my an absolute hit not an absolute favorite but i think it grew on me as i listened to it a few more times so i'm excited for the album i think uh, the single is probably only supposed to be a teaser at what is to come it's not the pinnacle right away and whenever the album comes we'll talk about it more and i'll you know i'll research house music more and then we can talk about it more in depth in case i am there that week yeah or maybe at the live recording where you will be so there'll be you rajshree and me so there'll yes. be two so people who would have recommended so let's hope beyonce releases by then and if you're listening beyonce you can also subscribe because i believe you make shitloads of money what? and last i checked she's not a subscriber and so i mean beyonce is not a subscriber yeah. okay yeah beyonce so, if you're listening to this please subscribe, subscribe to news laundry pay to keep news free yes. because journalism is going through <laughs> the worst assault it has in my lifetime so uh, you know tell jz i believe he makes a lot of money or calvin klein what's her husband's name the guy whatever jz is her husband yeah that's yeah. right correct So uh and if you're not Beyonce or Jay-Z and you still have little bit 300 rupees you can subscribe and pay to keep news free because we don't take ads our journalists do a phenomenal job in fact just last night we were recording this on a tuesday Tanisha was at the police station till i think 10:30 at night after having done a full day because uh Muhammad Zubair was arrested and we need to report on stuff like that so and we don't take any ads in fact if you saw today's paper the first three pages are ads first full page ad of the aap punjab then full page ad of uh, telangana dude whose party color is pink and then third was a full page ad of i forget who some other government and we don't do that shit so do pay to keep news free go to newslaundry.com and if you're a subscriber write into us you can click on the link below which will open out a form where you can write your emails share your critique your feedback recommendations and we only read subscriber mails and this podcast is going behind the paywall not next time onwards but the one after that from the live recording episode onwards so download our app before that it is easier to listen to and uh, easier to subscribe also you will thrill to know that we have a subscription discount for awful and awesome go to our subscription page on the website and put ana20 without any spaces that is Alpha Nikamma Alpha Twenty on the payment checkout page. The code will get you a twenty percent discount on all our annual plans. I repeat, annual plans and yet another freebie. If you get a subscription longer than a year, you know, say maybe sixteen months or two years or one and a half years, you get Rajshree's book for free. Rajshree's book is called The Sweet Kitchen. You may have seen she's featuring in some newspapers and doing signings and all. She did one in Calcutta. but you'll get a signed copy by rajshree for free if your subscription is longer than a year i repeat this code will only work on the website and we ship merchandise only in india so please give us an india address for subscriptions longer than a year you can drop an email to subscription@newslaundry.com i repeat subscription@newslaundry.com in the subject line write ana subscription 
and we will send you the link for the longer than one year subscription and you can get the book and all the goodies and the discount and all those things on that note we have under the banner of heaven you want to talk about what is that oh sorry i forgot yes series <laughs> i didn't watch it oh my god yes tell us about that okay so under the banner of heaven is this um, true crime um, inspired series it is based on this novel of the same name by john Krakauer I think that's how his name is pronounced. Uh so what it talks about is the Mormon church and um this particular attack that happened so this woman and her 15 month old child were killed and they were both Mormons and they were killed by the woman's brother-in-laws who were also followers of Mormonism and they sort of became more you know extremist more fundamentalist um which is why they came and then they attacked the woman and her child. So yeah the series follows this particular story but it also has snippets just like the book it also has snippets of how mormonism as a faith came to be and the struggle that it went through and how it was founded uh do you know of mormons I know that uh, the presidential candidate um what's his name the one before trump he was a mormon Romney Yeah Mitt Romney yeah. Was, uh, so I know about mormonism from the kind of jokes that late night stand ups used to make about him and the mormon church basically a lot from bill maher and his film religious what are the jokes what are the stereotypes mormon stereotypes uh, mormon stereotypes i think they uh, they can have many wives or they have this thing some in... yeah yeah so exactly that was one of the points of contention in the show is that you know certain so the current mormon church which is uh, church of the latter day saints they are not polygamists but there are certain fundamentalists so like fundamentalist mormons they do they practice polygamy and the they... faith is relatively very recent like only 1800s or so and the guy who started it he was polygamist really... yeah and he had some bizarre notions of the world and science and he so they felt like they could talk to god which yeah. is i think one of the founding you know aspects of i mean if i do get it wrong if there are any mormons listening to this please uh <laughs> and also there was um they don't drink at all no they alcohol. don't drink they can't consume caffeine or alcohol yeah. or drugs yeah basically it's like the worst of all religions that you can get you know the worst of jain don't eat onion or adrak <laughs> hindus don't eat beef you know muslims don't eat pork fucking don't do this you so know you can't don't consume caffeine as a mormon just sit on your ass eat gajar and fucking die that's the scene let me will gajar kill you that quickly i don't think so well if that's all you eat you'll just stab yourself with a gajar <laughs> correct i mean emotionally i think it's very harrowing to have to eat a lot of gajar but yeah i mean what i really liked about the show so it was about seven episodes one of the episodes is directed by this director isabel sandoval which i really which i think my filmmaker friends hold her in very high regard And I thought overall the series is very well done. It stars Andrew Garfield, who you Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, the Spider-Man guy. He's done a good acting job here. The series has been, even though a lot of Mormons are, of course, you know, against it and they're opposing it because it shows their faith in a bad light. Um, but the series is pretty well done. And uh, so because it's about faith in a late, are, are you are you religious? No. but do you have faith or something i believe in god yes yeah fair so i mean because you know i am off late very fascinated with what faith is like or how people's personal faith comes to be or what it means to them so i thought it made for a very interesting watch and also the themes of how you know these men they decide to go after this particular woman because in the uh, tv show she's shown as somebody relatively more modern with ambitions mormon women are discouraged from having ambitions mm. they're supposed to you know support their husband yeah make babies and support their husband in being the leader of the house of the family or whatever 
so she was a rare uh, mom and woman who chose to have ambition and chose to speak her mind which is why eventually those men come for her sort of uh, and because of you know so there's this rise of the trad movement in america which are people are moving more towards traditional christianity because they feel like america has been this lawless land with no morals hmm. which is partly the reason for its economic and cultural decline so what they need to do is go back to like their traditional roots where women you know they occupy more of a home maker position hmm. and men become more mass and whatever so i feel like in the current political climate it sort of fits in well um, and i also like the portrayal of this man you know sort of struggling with his faith have you ever had a crisis of faith a crisis of faith yes what is that where essentially you start to question your own faith or you're like um, is there a place for me here does it emotionally still remain meaningful for me or not no never never so you wait uh, you said you're not religious but you have faith so i presume you came about to it on your own terms and on your own um understanding of the world i mean yeah i i believe in my version of god whatever that is it's complicated but of yeah of course it's a but it's a view you've deliberated by yourself yes. based on how so did you ever at any point in your life question it uh, as you experienced or moved through life that the current view i have of my morality my ethics or my view of god do you think it's ever been questioned by what you've seen in life no never no okay. that's interesting Yes. Are so, you religious? Uh so I was I mean born into a relatively loosely Hindu family but there was no religious like um enforcement at any point ever apart from like my grandmother but her religious enforcement went to the point that she'd tell me a lot of mythological stories and didn't really expect me to do anything about it. Um I was I realized I was an atheist at a very young age an and no no, no. so I was an atheist okay. at a very young age I remained an atheist for quite a few years and I think around 2020 or so I went through this like loosely what I'd like to call a crisis of faith or more likely a crisis of meaning hmm. where I was trying to figure out what is it um how do you navigate through life um I mean what meaning do you assign to things or what meaning do you assign to the world at large so I feel like you know I struggled and deliberated over it for a really long while and I have some form of faith now if mm. not in an amorphous entity like god but I still have some sort of faith and I feel like it's very important for me I feel like you know a lot of people like at least my a lot of people in my generation that I know obsessively talk about therapy I feel like some of you need faith you don't need therapy mm. uh, but I feel like I came to my own faith by deliberating it myself so I liked that some if there was this honest portrayal of a person going through a crisis of faith I see wait sorry that comment was insensitive no <laughs> so um would you recommend watching it no yeah if you have time to spare I would recommend watching it I see all right So on that note, thank you, Nenaka. Yes, It thank you, Abhinandan. Pleasure recording with you after a very long time. Yes. And uh, Rajesh shall be back next week, so you and Abbas can get some time to watch something. Yes. <laughs> which I hope is not as boring and pointless as what we have watched. Well, we week. had a bad week of content. It's not that you know. I've been having too many bad weeks of content. I need to put out my own list of what to watch. But no, so either we do this. Okay, uh, <laughs> I think we should end it first before we continue with this conversation. <laughs> All right. Thank you Mr. Athor. Uh thank you Mr. Sekri. And it's a wrap. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.